Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. so much for uh, taking us in here on your Tuesday. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of our hotline. That includes the coach and uh, my pregame and halftime partner, Arnold Martinez, who will be with us on uh, about 5 o'clock, right about there, 5 o'clock, on the phone. Uh, we'll we'll have reaction to uh, Saturday against Vanderbilt, and uh, we'll react to a couple of things that Timmy Chang said earlier today in practice. Uh, get his vibe on that, on the look ahead to uh, to Western Kentucky. That's still to come on this program. Speaking of football, we have University of Hawaii football tickets that we will give away a little bit later on. And there is continued fallout over the San Francisco 49ers deciding to make Jimmy Garoppolo the highest paid backup quarterback in the National Football League because I think there is still this shock that Jimmy Garoppolo is still a member of the San Francisco 49ers. I, I, I think that's amongst anything else. The fact that he is still a member of that team when he seemed to have this life that has lasted over a year. He was supposed to be gone last year. Didn't happen. They were supposed to try to trade him or get rid of him. Didn't happen. He ended up starting a bunch uh, or at least lose the starting job. Didn't happen. Um, this year, he was supposed to be gone, gone, gone. Now he's paid, paid, paid. So what's next in the uh, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo story arc? Because apparently it's not going to be a member of, uh, of another team, uh, which in a way is another reason why I'm incredibly interested in why they did what they did. That's still to come. Text us. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. And you can tweet us at Sports Animals. You can get to me at Josh on the radio. Um, one of the kind of subtle conversations in yesterday's show there were a lot of things. Um, and yesterday's show became three hours of you, University of Hawaii football, and the Zephyr Insurance text line, along with some of you on the phones. Right, Tanner? Yesterday, we we stayed on topic, but we found about 20 different branches of that topic, a lot of it thanks to you via the text line. And I promise uh, – no, I shouldn't promise. I think we will be a little more structured today because yesterday – we came in with structure and we left saying to heck with structure um, because it just it just felt more fun yesterday. It felt more fun. It felt more freeing. We were on University of Hawaii football. We knew everybody wanted to be a part of the University of Hawaii football conversation and, and, and that we delivered on. And so uh, we we did. Uh, we'll, we'll, ha we'll have a little more free range today. But there are certainly still things that I, I don't think you can ignore um, following Saturday. And one of them is certainly the conversation at quarterback because uh, I'm, I'm remembering the words of Coach Arnold Martinez during our pregame show countdown to kickoff on Saturday um, when, you know, right as we knew who the starting quarterback was going to be, we were reminded when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. When you have three quarterbacks, you have negative one, and so on and so forth. And 
you know, you didn't know at the time, right? Uh, you, you had no idea because, um, it, frankly, all we've had to go by is fall camp, and spring, and and we haven't had, um, we haven't had a whole ton to take away out of that. So, you know, um, we just kind of let it play out, but had that simmer in the back of our minds that okay starting quarterbacks named now what and after watching Saturday um, I think the now what is a, a lot more clear or murky depending uh, which way you look at it I mean obviously uh, Brayden Shager was named the starting quarterback of uh, of Saturday's football game and Shager 18 of 35 161 yards Joey Yellen goes 10 of 20 for 89 yards Hawaii quarterbacks are sacked three times in this game Timmy Chang earlier today was asked about the quarterback situation and uh, um, I can give you the, uh, the the five words or less version this is Timmy Chang with at least 30 words take a listen you know when you when you see it and and and, and someone's able to take the reins and and put the ball in the end zone consistently and do the job consistently then then, then that's when it'll probably end yeah we're, we're we're evaluating them as as we go um you know but you know we just got to keep putting them in, the, in, a, in a great position and, and, and making sure they understand what we're trying to do. And, and the guy that's the most consistent will be the guy. Um, you know, Cam, you know, we didn't give Cam a shot, and, and, but, uh, but, but Cam has some capabilities as well. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep repping those three guys. Now, now, to be clear, those were um, – and thank you to Canole. He, he went down there, got the audio, um, gave us the permission to use it. So, uh, thank you, bro. Um, to be clear, those were answers that were uh, cut together, so we didn't hear the questions in between, but I think you could kind of you know, figure it out. Uh, that's Timmy Chang's answer on quarterbacks. And quite frankly, um, I am again reminded of what Arnold Martinez said to us on Countdown to Kickoff. When you have two quarterbacks, you have none. There are very few instances in which Chris Leak and Tim Tebow can arise and work. When you have three quarterbacks, you have negative one. That's something he said, it, it, it goes along those lines. And the, the fact that you go through that, and I get it. Um, I don't know how you can have, how, how you can walk out of Saturday and feel the full confidence of any quarterback that you put out there because Shager was okay and Yellen was okay, but nobody lit the world on fire. Nobody, um, you know, nobody did anything that I, I think you could definitively say on Saturday gave them a leg up for the job. Um, and then now you're throwing a third person into the mix. You're either getting coach speak, kind of like the week prior where it was, hey, we want them to be prepared for all five guys. And guess what? They had five guys in the orange uniforms. Uh, the the five do not touches at quarterback. It's either that's true coach speak, including yeah, including Armani Eden, who uh, who was wearing the orange. Not just the scout guy anymore. He wasn't he wasn't the actor playing the role of Mike Wright. But um, it, it's either that or this really needs to be opened up because we really don't have an idea of who can take the reins of whatever this offense is supposed to constitute going into game two of the season. John, thank you for calling in. I appreciate you listening. How are you? 
Hey, thank you for sharing that uh, Timmy Chang thing. You know, I feel I feel a little bit bad for him. Basically, you know, coach speak for saying that we don't have a guy. You know, we don't have a guy that stepped forward through spring camp and through fall camp. And you know what Martinez said is is what they always say. Right? If you don't, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And and that's so true because you're splitting reps, so you don't have this one guy who's taking the majority of reps. You don't have that one guy who's the leader. You know, whoever gets the starting quarterback um, call becomes the automatic leader of the room. Everybody follows behind. He's taking all the reps. People are get, getting behind him. And when you when you don't have that, you don't you don't have that. And so they they're like scramble mode. You know, hopefully, you know, in, in a way, you, you gotta just kind of pick one. I think. I mean, I'm not I'm not a Division One guy, so I don't know, but. In a way, you got to pick one and kind of stick with him at least and, and, and see how good he I don't think you can go merry-go-round, merry-go-round, merry-go-round in the first two, three games and say, okay, we're going to go with this guy. I, 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 I think you had, you had to pick a guy like three weeks ago and just make him get, get as acclimated with his receivers and the system as possible, I think. I think it had to be done three weeks ago. And then, um, I forget what I was going to say. I'm trying to fight traffic here. I'm trying to fight traffic here. But, yeah, I think it should have been done weeks ago. And then, and you just try to stick with them because now you, you're going to be looking over your shoulder. You're you're scared you, that you're going to get to make a mistake and all that kind of stuff. Uh, hopefully I'm over over analyzing it. But, you know, that's the most important position on that team, and if they kind of get squared away, it's going to be a long season. You have a good day, Aloha. The only thing, and John, thank you for calling, the only thing that could get John off track is traffic. Because John is always, whenever John calls in, he knows where he's going. He is straight to the point. He doesn't uh, doesn't mess around. And then all of a sudden, traffic at 3.11 in the afternoon has him all over the place. Um, not used to that. But, uh, you know, the only thing that I, I, I disagree with with John, and, and we're just kind of splitting hairs here because I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to do it, is, you know, I don't mind not um, committing. I mean, well, let me, let me put it this way. In a perfect world, you've committed to a quarterback already, and um, you'll ride with that quarterback until you are 1,000% convinced that that quarterback is not going to be able to take you uh, where you want him to take your team. So, um, you know, if you don't have that, then I really don't have a problem with pulling the plug early on uh, whoever's your starter and going to someone else. Or... Um, knowing going into a game that you aren't going to play just one quarterback, that you are going to work guys in and out, um, that you want to see every quarterback in a game situation. Every game matters. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to... Um, I'm, I'm not trying to diminish the importance of the position in non-conference play because there certainly is a lot of importance in that position. I would be really worried if I didn't feel comfortable once we got to uh, the first game of conference play. Uh, I, I'd be freaking out if I didn't feel confident in a quarterback by that point in time. 
Um, but I also do understand. Look, it's it's a, a new coaching staff. This is a this is an offense that's not what it was under the previous regime. Um, certainly a, a lot more passing situations in what were running situations last year, it seems. You know, um, there is a little bit of a learning curve, and I'm not trying to diminish what is the obvious, which is you don't currently feel like you have a quarterback you can count on right now. Coach speak or not, that's clear as day. There is no 100% belief behind a single quarterback uh, in that room. It is, I think, Timmy's job right now, in, in my opinion at least, that uh, it, it's Timmy's job to get that right between him and his offensive coordinator and his staff. And the worst thing you can do, I think, right now as a rookie coach is get it wrong um, and not and, and not ever get it right. You know, I'm like John. I, I agree. I would have loved to have heard the quarterback named previously, like before, you know, the day of the game, um, or at least for weeks so that you had someone that was labeled as the guy that everybody – you know, can rally around and put support behind and get all the reps in. You know, it means nothing at this point, but it means everything because it clearly now brings the lead up to the last game in focus. Right? Because we questioned last week, didn't we? We questioned whether it was, you know, it was game planning or whether it was, well, truly, we don't know. We want them to prepare for all five guys or, well, we, we're trying to figure out of all five of our guys, who's the guy. And one game, unfortunately, does kind of give you the indication that it wasn't a, a coach playing around with another team's game plan. It wasn't anything like that. It was, well, truly, we're figuring it out. And Timmy really now has, I think, a couple of weeks. Uh, Michigan... Western Kentucky this week to really, truly figure out, but he doesn't have much more than that. And I, I think what fans will need to be patient on, and, and patient is relative, I guess, um, we may have to realize that the starting job may not get one on the field. And when I say on the field, I mean in an actual game. Michigan's going to be really tough next week. Western Kentucky is going to be a tough competitor this week. Um, and I don't for, for anybody just kind of underestimating the Hilltoppers just because, you know, they're Western Kentucky. <sighs> Western Kentucky is offensively very, very good. Western Kentucky's a 16 point favorite on Hawaii. Uh, according to the last uh, the last thing I saw here from ESPN. Western Kentucky is a um, Western Kentucky is a good team. I know Austin P only lost by 11. I, I, I get it. I'm being reminded by that in the other room. Um, but Western Kentucky still had four touchdowns in uh, uh, four passing touchdowns in their game uh, with their quarterback. who was very, very, very good. So, you know, I, 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 I don't know that you'll find out unless someone really does stand out. I don't know that you're going to find out who your starting who your starting quarterback is on the field against Western Kentucky, and I don't know that you're going to find out who your starting quarterback is on the field at Michigan. 
Uh, when Timmy talks a lot about consistency, what I hear is um, a, a lot of the preparation, a lot of the stuff in practice, a lot of the internal stuff I think will make a big deal as to who can be that starting quarterback going forward. Along with that, you're going to have a couple of plays in which uh, a couple of plays maybe in-game may determine it. Maybe not an entirety of a series, maybe not an entirety of a quarter, maybe not based on the sto- uh, on the score or, or what your stats say in the box score. Uh, but I think a lot of it will be done in areas that none of us ever see to determine who that quarterback is going to be is because uh, that quarterback is going to be because the next couple of weeks are going to be very, very challenging. Um, you have to hope that you know who your quarterback is. And, and I said by conference play, I guess I'll amend it on the fly here. Um, by the time you play Duquesne and get by Duquesne, you should feel at that point like you have a starting quarterback. Once that Duquesne game is finished, you should feel comfortable that you know who will be the signal caller. Duquesne, by the way, lost to Florida State 47-7 to uh, last week. And, well, uh, as expected, 47-7. to uh, Duquesne was a 7-3 and team last year, by the way. Uh, Duquesne did have an FCS uh, a win over an FBS team last year. They beat Ohio. 28-26, uh, go Mac. Action wasn't uh, wasn't relevant on that day. But Duquesne does have, um, you know, offensively they were not good. But right now Hawaii's offense is not good. So again, uh, that's going to be the target point now for me is that Duquesne game. By the time that game is done, you should be able to feel good about who you have taking snaps. And if you don't at that point, that is going to be a really troublesome situation for that Hawaii for, for that uh, Hawaii football team moving forward. We get to your texts via the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. But I do want to remind you about Rivals Fantasy Football, which is coming up tomorrow, 8 a.m. here on ESPN Honolulu with Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. They will uh, uh, go through what a lot of people are doing on the draft boards. They'll have a special guest. They'll have a prize to give away. All that good stuff. Uh, that is tomorrow. And by the way, that's the lead-in to our, uh, our our ESPN Honolulu Fantasy Football Draft, which I will crush if I get Christian McCaffrey for like the bazillionth year in a row. Rivals Fantasy Football on ESPN Honolulu, presented by Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. Uh, surf here. This is the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Let's hit the Zephyr Insurance text line, which is at 808-296-1420. Texter from the 721. Josh, you got to remember even June Jones was switching quarterbacks between Timmy and Rolo. If he felt wasn't wasn't playing up to par, he wasn't scared to change. He also played Sean Withy Allen and Jason Wielden. Um, look. You cannot compare what we currently have to what we were very blessed to have back in the day of having Timmy and Rolo together. Uh, this is not that. And uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody should try to even compare those situations. They're not the same thing, guys. Tanner, are you, I saw the headphones on. Are you choking on combos? 
You are choking. I was about to say, Tanner, I know I'm you have something now. to say, but you're choking on combos. Do My I mouth is a little dry. <laughs> okay. But it's going to – this is – and I will say, I did contribute to a lot of this. You know, remember, June Jones, I was going to say, this is my new favorite phrase of Hawaii football in 2022. Hey, guys, <laughs> remember, June Jones, and then and then put in the phrase there. We're gonna remember, hang, June Jones also got blown out week one. We're going to hang this on the door when we walk into the, when we walk into the studio every day. It's, it's, not a, it's not a what would, it's not a what would June do. It's, hey, remember June did this. <laughs> it's uh, what June did. RWJD, remember what June did. It it doesn't roll off the tongue like uh, WWJD does, but uh, RWJD, I mean, we could make it. We could make that into a shirt. Remember what June did. No, I don't think that would be a good shirt, but it might be good for uh, uh, your, your profile on Twitter. You've got your handle, you've got your name, and then below that, just take out all the stuff about what you do for a living. Quote, Remember what June did, close quote, and leave it at that. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I find it funny that this is the default we go back to. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, one more texter from the 551. Much like the start of the 08 season, new coaches, previous quarterback gone, smashed by an SEC school in the opener. Is there a chance this year mirrors the quarterback carousel of the year where they started Roush, Gronky, and Funaki before settling on Greg Alexander near midway through the season? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. But again, this is year one of a new of a new staff. And I think they're still trying to figure things out. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, Sports Center coming up. Jimmy G is still a Niner. Why? That's next. Hey, we got to check out our poll that we put up yesterday uh, on uh, on my Twitter at Josh on the radio because still we don't get access to the sports animals Twitter. Why is that? We're only hosting the show. Um, should we make Friday into a Doobie Brothers Friday? All Doobie Brothers songs uh, all the time. We put that up yesterday. We're going to run that poll through, uh, I think, tomorrow. We'll check on the results on that coming up in a little while because uh, I would love – for uh, for Friday to be nothing more than a uh, than Doobie Brothers Friday, uh, we'll we'll see if that ends up happening. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Uh, we'll go quickly back to the Zephyr Insurance text line before uh, we get off to uh, to to the Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo. But first, we mentioned shirts. Texter from the seven seven two. You know what would make a good shirt? Quote, between mild and ghost pepper, I'll call this Taco Bell hot, close quote. Those that don't know, uh, I don't even remember what the bit was, but this was uh, this was back in July. And, I, you know, it was something about how hot would we rate something. I, it, I don't know what it was. Tanner, do you remember what it was? I can't. I, my, my point was, whatever it was I was grading was not that hot. And so I said, you know, it was Taco Bell hot to make the point that it's not that hot. And it turned into a whole thing about, you need to know your peppers. And, of course, this is all very sarcastic at the same time. But I, 
I did believe that um, I, I, I really felt like I was putting something together that could go on a shirt. And, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think I could. It, it could be a shirt. Just put a, um, put a picture in the back of the shirt of a, of a Taco Bell hot sauce packet. And, uh, yeah, make it something. I don't know. I, I feel like that's a good shirt. I, I feel like we could sell a little bit. College kids would wear it because they'll wear anything. They'll, they'll take a shirt like that. <laughs> See, Tanner doesn't nod at the first part. But, it, but when I say they'll wear anything, Tanner nods his head unequivocally and says, yes, yes, they'll wear anything. Yeah. I have a student government shirt from the University of Colorado in Colorado Springs. I wear that. Fairly often. Is it comfortable? Not really. <laughs> All right. Point made, then. He will wear anything. Point very well made. Uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. Uh, we'll, we'll stay with football. We'll turn to the National Football League. And the, the news on Jimmy Garoppolo is still stunning today. And uh, it, it's, it's what's funny about it was I remember – my freezing cold take, it's probably still recorded somewhere where I said Jimmy Garoppolo would start week one for the San Francisco 49ers. And technically, there's still a chance. Technically. I said Jimmy Garoppolo would probably still be the starter halfway through the year. Technically, there is still a chance. If Trey Lance can't get the job done, there is a chance. But we know this, there is no, uh, there is a no trade clause. There is a no tag. So Jimmy Garoppolo is here for the year. And unless Trey Lance is an, is an abject failure this year, he's gone the next. And he's going somewhere else. Um, I can't understand it. The only thing I can think of is the Niners couldn't get any value for him. Probably tried to shop him. No team really, I, I'm sure there were teams that wanted him. But I don't think San Francisco could get the value back that they wanted. And at the end of the day, you're you're sitting here, you're a week and a half out before the start of the NFL season, and you've got to figure out, okay, well, what are we going to do? Um, he's, he's here still. He's played high-level football. He is coming off of shoulder surgery. And so, well, what do we do? And it's funny, too, because Jimmy Garoppolo's name has been thrown out um, several times for other starting jobs. The idea that there might be teams that um, could potentially want Jimmy Garoppolo. It's funny, I was listening into, uh, oh, what show was I listening to? Oh, I was listening to uh, Canty and Carlin on, uh, on Monday with uh, Amber Wilson fi filling in for uh, for Chris Canty. And as they were talking about Mike Tomlin potentially hinting that maybe the starting quarterback in the quarterback room in Pittsburgh doesn't currently reside in the room, that maybe the starting quarterback in that room, maybe it's a Jimmy Garoppolo. And maybe there might be other teams that could be thinking, you know, we've gone through the preseason. We're not really impressed with whatever we've got. There's that guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, that San Francisco just doesn't want around. And as they were talking about that, Shefty broke the news 
that Jimmy Garoppolo was signing on to stay in San Francisco for a year. Now, I, I can't think that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are keeping him around just to make sure he's not playing for anybody else. I, I, I can't think there's that. But I, I do also believe that there is a value play that um, that does come into play. Like At the end of the day, um, for, for Jimmy Garoppolo, do you want to be in San Francisco? I mean, for him, this might actually be kind of good because it's not your team, sure. But the second Trey Lance looks like he doesn't belong on an NFL field, guess what everybody's going to be calling for? They're going to be calling for Jimmy G because Jimmy G's actually done it. And whether he should be on the field or not is probably going to be irrelevant. They're going to be calling for him because that's what fans do. The backup is always the most popular guy on the team when the starting quarterback is not very good. That's that's the way it's been since day one. And you know what? Even if you don't play, um, you're getting six-plus million dollars to just sit and look good. And if you play, you could be making a heck of a lot more, which is also a, a, a really big plus. So all those things do, you know, kind of kind of add up if it all works out. But there's bad side for it because if he doesn't play for a year, um, I I believe his value diminishes as a fringe starter. Hear me out on this one. I'm 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 already getting the what are you talking about kind of thing. Hear hear me out. Um. Jimmy Garoppolo, while young, with a year of not playing off of shoulder surgery, will he be fresh? Sure. But if there are already people kind of doubting his ability to, being a start, to be a starting quarterback, how do you think that that's going to factor in when he hasn't played for a year? You'll have rookies that have had a year behind them to sit and watch or play. You'll have had quarterback jobs potentially decided. Um, there may be few opportunities for Jimmy Garoppolo to be a starter next year. And I think for that matter, six and a half million dollars, good right now. This is kind of a, a you know banking on an opportunity that maybe he makes more if there if the opportunity is right. Yeah, it's a one year deal. I realize it. Um but you know what? As a quarterback, it's it's unlike, I think, some other positions. You need reps. Deshaun Watson, can't believe I'm talking about Deshaun Watson, but that one game he was out there, that preseason game, he was awful. And he hadn't played in a long time. He hadn't played in over a year. He was, he was abysmal. Yeah, he's got guaranteed money that he's going to lock up, and now he's also got an 11-game suspension that he's locked up on to. Um, and, and yeah, he's also getting fined, but it was pathetic. There is something to be said for having reps, for being able to play, for being kind of fresh and not having that extended, extended rest. Like, you know, this could potentially put him in, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it, um, a Marcus Mariota type situation. Marcus Mariota, his situation in Tennessee, 
he ended up um, you know, out of that starting job. What ended up happening? He had to be a backup for a little while. He was a backup in Las Vegas. He, he bid his time. He found his way to Atlanta, competing right now as the starter there. Okay, he's got that opportunity for him. Um, that could be Jimmy G. Because even when he was starting in the last year, he was being doubted and questioned for a long time. And if that's the case with his own franchise, I don't really know how many franchises um, would feel super confident to take a flyer, but for how much? Tanner, yes. But wouldn't you agree that Marcus Mariota was doubted for a different reason than Jimmy Garoppolo? Because well, of course, Because for yes. Marcus Mariota, people were more doubting that he'd have a winning season. For Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like the doubt is, is he the guy to win a Super Bowl? Because we've now seen the two years where he started a majority of the games for San Francisco. Mm -hmm. They've either gotten to the Super Bowl two years ago. Uh, two years ago? Or three? I can't remember. I, uh, time is weird to It me. was three. 20, in 2019, they go yeah. to the Super Bowl. And last year, they make a run to the NFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. So... You see that there are the ups there. Yeah. And the two down years was the year he got there was when he tore his ACL against the Jaguars after basically being undefeated as a time as a starter. Mm -hmm. And then the year after the Super Bowl where he also got hurt at the very beginning of the season right, and missed right. the majority of the season. Right. So the two years that he's played, he can get his team to the Super Bowl. I th With Marcus, he was always injured. And when he was healthy, he was okay yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I think when if when he goes into free agency next year, there are a number of teams who aren't going to be top 10 draft picks that are going to be looking for quarterbacks. One team immediately I think of, maybe Tampa Bay, because and the uh, guy who Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. was originally drafted under, Tom Brady, yeah. they don't know what's going to happen what's going to happen with him if he retires. Jimmy Garoppolo is an immediate upgrade over Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert. By the so way, that's already one team. By the way, hot take, Tom Brady's playing next year. Probably. Lock it in. Tom Brady will be playing in I'm Tampa just saying. I'm just saying if he does retire, yeah. boom, that's a team right there. Mm -hmm. um, Steelers, if Kenny Pickett starts a majority of the games this year and he's not that good, and then Mitch Trubisky is also seen to be the guy who he was with the Bears— Boom, that's another team, the Steelers. Those are two teams that are ready to go to the playoffs and just need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. So I think Jimmy G's market is way bigger than Marcus Mariota's, whose was seen as potential, whose was seen as a lot of injuries. Maybe he can do it. We know Jimmy Garoppolo can win games. Yeah, I mean, well, Jimmy Garoppolo had injuries too um, that helped to kind of get to this you know, career arc and where he is. But also, Jimmy Garoppolo was made a franchise quarterback by San Francisco contract-wise before he really truly did anything. Um, granted, Marcus Mariota got a franchise deal uh, or was given the opportunity to be a franchise quarterback just simply off of where he was drafted. Both had that similarity, but in different reasons. They were given this franchise opportunity without much behind them. 
um, that they had to to earn to hold on to, not necessarily they earned because they did the work to get it um, in the league. I There is a reason to me, right? I mean, honestly, if Jimmy Garoppolo were much sought after, even now, I, I, I would think Jimmy Garoppolo would have been gone by now. That he's already been pretty much cleared. He would have been gone. A team would have wanted him. They'd be he'd be competing. Uh, I look at Pittsburgh specifically. I look at a place like Houston that um, he'd be competitive. Maybe in Houston, probably win the job. But I don't think Houston really wants to win anyway. Houston's a franchise that's definitely happy with losing. Um, you know, and I and I and I and he'd be in a good spot there. If a team really wanted him, they would give up, I think, whatever San Francisco probably wanted for him, even though we didn't really know that much about what they wanted. I feel pretty good in saying that the fact that he's there tells us that San Francisco didn't get what they wanted for anybody who tried to reach out to get him. So uh, that, to me, is telling. because, And that also, I think, kind of helps to set the market a little bit next year. Yeah, people will reach. I, I, I think, as, as you've said, people will reach out. People will will show interest, but for how much money? Because now that now he's on a backup contract, he's not on a he's 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 not on a starters level contract. There's there's less risk in wanting to sign Jimmy Garoppolo for another team next year, and that doesn't really mean anything about his chances of being a starter, and that and that makes a big difference. Uh, our M Dyer Global Scoreboard is brought to you by M Dyer Global, moving Hawaii. Into the future, the uh, U.S. Open is underway right now. We're watching uh, Rafa Nadal on the, uh, uh, the the nighttime stage. He's in a four-setter right now. He lost the first set to his opponent. He's come back. He's looked pretty good since, but this fourth set's uh, a little tighter. Uh, this young man he's going up against, uh, Hijikata from Australia, has been giving him a good run here in this set. Had a pretty nice, uh, uh, pretty nice shot that got the crowd going earlier. But it's a two-all fourth set. Nadal, seated second in the U.S. Open draw, uh, is up two sets to one. Major League Baseball, uh, top of the eighth in Toronto. Blue Jays lead the Cubs 5-3. to three. Dodgers 4, Mets 3, bottom of the seventh inning. Could that be an NLCS preview being played in Flushing? Uh, Colorado 3, Atlanta 2, going to the bottom of the seventh through 5. The Twins lead the Red Sox 7-4. to four. Houston is a 3-2 lead on Texas, top of the sixth inning. Milwaukee 2, Pittsburgh 1, bottom six. In Anaheim, the Angels trailing the New York Yankees 1-0 in the home half of the first. Phillies, Diamondbacks, no score, top one. They're just underway on our sister station, CBS 1500. No score between the Padres and the Giants. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. You're listening to the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. To the text line in a moment. We'll check on traffic coming up. Our first traffic updates uh, just about 25 minutes away. I think I feel pretty good that uh, the following will not be involved in our traffic updates today. Uh, crushed tomatoes and Alfredo sauce on the roads. These are real things that happened in the last 24 hours. The uh, Alfredo sauce that happened in Memphis. A tractor trailer carrying Alfredo sauce spilled on I-55 near Riverside Boulevard. Um, I'm looking at the photos, uh, the images right now, the video. That is such a waste of good sauce. Um, I am I am all for a very simple chicken Alfredo, and um, that's that's very unfortunate. 
Not good. Um, but also, the tomatoes. That's also real. It happened yesterday between San Francisco and Sacramento. A driver hit the center divider on Interstate 80. Several lanes were slathered in tomatoes. Those tomatoes were quickly crushed uh, by oncoming traffic. Uh, and Tanner reminded me just a little while ago, I believe we are in a shortage of tomatoes, which is uh, that's not very good. To the text line, uh, we were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo earlier and why um, good for him. He's getting paid. Good for the Niners that they've got a backup option. But uh, not so good, at least in, in my book, in Garoppolo's chances of being a starter next year, which is what I think he ultimately wants. I think he'd love to be a starter now if possible. Texted from the 781. Jimmy G is a proven NFL QB, but he has been injury prone. He may not be one of the top five of QBs, but how many are? The answer is five. Get it? He may not be one of the top five of QBs, but how many are? Five, because you have to have five to be one of the top five QBs. That was my snarky comment for the day. Texter also says, people forget that Marcus got beaten out by Tannehill, who has been great for Tennessee. I don't know that Marcus got beat out by Ryan Tannehill, that Tannehill stayed healthier, and and Marcus just could not get wins when it mattered. And, and, and Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill doesn't play like someone who's going to beat you out. Honestly, he's just someone who's not, he's not going to throw for 400 yards. He's not going to throw for five touchdowns, but if he's going to beat you out, it's because he's not going to turn over the football and he's going to stay healthy. And if that's the definition of beating out Marcus Mariota, then so be it. It's just, it, I don't know, when I, when I think of beating out somebody for a job, it's usually because they outperformed them, dominant, they dominantly outperformed them. Unfortunately, that bar was set kind of low. And that's, that's, uh, that's a little unfortunate. I will say he did though. Yeah. I think those were I think he's had games where he did throw for 400 plus. But it's not common. It and, was and, it was at the perfect timing to beat out Mark. I, I, Mark. Guess, I guess so. Uh one more here texture from the 797. Um guy who sat with the students on Saturday and said the students knew what plays were happening cuz they were still on the line. Alex says, Deshaun Watson will be a bust because we mentioned Deshaun last segment. His numbers with Houston were padded. He will be like a Westbrook. Although I like Westbrook. Um, but he does say at the end, of course, with Deshaun's issues, but Westbrook is not a predator. <sighs> Sports Center update coming up in just a little while. We'll get back to uh, University of Hawaii football coming up in a little bit. Do we have someone on the phones or we, we'll, we'll go to break first? Okay, we'll go to break first coming up in a little bit. Uh, Timmy Chang in uh, his look back at Vanderbilt and, uh, and, and, a, and a quick glance of what he saw from his team against Vanderbilt. He addressed that with the working media earlier today. You'll hear some of what he said. We already uh, played a little bit of what he said about the uh, quarterback situation. We'll talk about uh, the overall aspect what he saw of his team. That's coming up next after Sports Center. Josh, in for the guys. This is ESPN Honolulu.
like to dedicate this song to the ukulele. My best friend, y'all. What did I do here? <laughs> I. That's why. That's what I did here. I just didn't realize it was going to take us a little while to get to the beat of it. I, I had myself questioning our our, uh, our musical direction of this show for a little while. <laughs> and then we got there. Patience would have paid off uh, on my end for that. Uh, hour number two, it's the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Here at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM, I'm Josh Pacheco. In for Chris and Gary. Uh, you'll hear them in the mornings. Uh, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. All of our guests, they appear here, courtesy of our hotline. Uh, you'll hear their conversation with uh, Little League head coach Gerald Oda coming up in about 30 minutes. Uh, they, of course, arrived back yesterday, got to watch a, a little bit of the video. Our team was down there. Great job by our, uh, uh, by our, our great digital staff. Got down there, got some good video. And... Um, the, the the cool part about it that I didn't I didn't realize was they had some of the members of the 08 not 08 the 18 team the 2018 team go down there and they were greeting some of the the champions from this squad really special uh, they're uh, they're at the airport to greet the champs so uh, we'll we'll talk with Gerald Oda they they talked about that and a little bit more uh, on the radio earlier this morning. You can get in touch with us. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. You can uh, tweet us at Sports Animals. You can get to me at Josh on the radio. Arnold Martinez in an hour. Uh, Coach and I, as uh, we continue to work together on Countdown to Kickoff, part of our uh, our, our continued working togetherness to tight up, tighten up that show is uh, uh, get on the air with each other uh, every once in a while here. And... Uh, uh, bring you the UH football content you need and deserve. Saturday was tough. I, I think we spent a good nearly three hours on that yesterday, uh, talking about that Vanderbilt game. Timmy Chang had a chance to address that with the media today. Uh, this is part of what uh, Coach Chang said uh, about his team's performance against Vanderbilt. It's just working, right? You know, got to see what our guys uh, can do out on the field. Um, you know, played a decent half of football. And, um, uh, you know, probably a quarter that you really wanted to get back. Some unfortunate things happened. And, uh, you know, we just, just got to get better, you know. So we know where we're at now. And then now it's, it's, it's really harnessing and having total focus on every detail that we need to and, and holding guys accountable. And it starts with me first. You know, when adversity hits, you know, you, you want to try to answer it and, and, uh, and, and respond as quickly as possible with things that are positive and build them up. Uh, you know, I think in the moment, um, you know, we, we didn't stop the bleeding, you know, in that one quarter. Um, but, but you know, coming back in on Monday and meeting with the guys, you know, it's all positive. You know, it's, it's just being honest with them. You know, that's what we are in film. And so we need to be better. And we need to look, we need to, look to get better in all phases and in every single room and every person that's on that field. And then when we practice, all guys, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. Even It's all 115 guys, right? You know, you need your scout guys to give the looks. You need you need, you need need your your guys that are, that are in the one deep, two deep, don't matter. They got to do their job. And we as coaches got to put them in position. That was Timmy Chang. Um, I don't know what you really glean out of that, except for the fact that, you know, really first game 
for uh, for the new coach, and it's really kind of putting everything together a little bit clearer than what you had when you went through camp and what you went through uh, in, in spring, where you can know all you want about putting people in positions and, and outlining your depth chart. You can do all of that, um, but you really don't have the best idea until you see them on the field. And, and even in a game that was as, as bad of a blowout as, um, as that game was, it is, in, in, a, in a weird kind of way, it is still a way that gives you an idea of what you have, good or bad. Um, you find the guys that you felt like, even through that bad of a blowout, gave you what you wanted, impressed enough to earn more playing time and you see some of those that you know honestly needed uh um need a lot more work when it comes to uh you know when it when it when it comes to just um you know trying to stay at that level trying to compete at that level and you know in, in hearing Timmy there too you're also hearing him basically say hey for us we got to put people in the right positions. It's it's what you hear. It's it's generally what you hear out of someone in that in that area. But um, I I do also believe that um, while it is a generic type of response to the game, it is also very truthful. That you do have to indeed kind of kind of learn and and take a lot out of it. Um, and kind of see that for what it is, use that to determine the pieces you put in place for this game. Um, I, I know we saw the release. Was it uh, uh, was it yesterday? Or was it today that it came out? I can't remember what day it came. Was it today? Or was it was it yesterday? The uh, the game release for the Western Kentucky game was that yesterday? or Was it today? It was yesterday. I mean, I honestly going through yesterday, I really didn't bother so much. On, you know, it, it's funny, going into game week one for week zero, we're all about the depth chart. We're all about, um, you know, who's going to start in certain positions. Do we learn anything about quarterback and all those things? It's funny. This week, it's like, mm, eh. depth chart doesn't really matter to me, weirdly enough. And... You know, the, the, the reason for that is is that I don't think the depth chart is really going to tell you anything about this team by any stretch. Um, you know, in fact, I'm, I'm looking for, um, you know, I, I'm looking at the depth chart, and, and the depth chart already really doesn't matter because, you know, he announced today it's a three-person race for quarterback, and the depth chart actually has it at two uh, between Shager and Yellen. But as we heard Timmy Chang say earlier today, that uh, Cam Cooper is, um, uh, you know, in that running as well. And they, they want to give him a little bit of a look. Only other thing I, I see in here is um, they did name a starting tight end because last week it was either uh, Jordan Murray or Caleb Phillips. And this time around, uh, they named it as, uh, as Jordan Murray. Also, what is noteworthy, and again, I don't know, take it for what you will, 
Um, at the wide receiver position, there's a little bit of a change in the depth chart, too, where they have um, last week, it was Bowens, it was Pinoke, and it was Phillips. And this week on the depth chart, it is Bowens, it is uh, Phillips, and it's not Pinoke, it's Dior Scott uh, as uh, as one of those starters. So, I mean, again, what you take out of it, I don't know. Um, it is it is what it is. Um, that's just the, that's the stuff that we kind of you know take in front of us and and uh, you know read what you have to. Um, whatever it is that they want you to take out of it or or whatever it is. But you know what? You're going to expect some shakeups after a game like like last week, and, and you take it for what it is. Um, Verdell Edwards, the second last week, was an and-or with Hugh Nelson at one of the cornerback positions. And um, you know, Verdell Edwards, uh, I think, was named a starter before the game, uh, is listed as one of the starters uh, for this week. Uh, other than that, you know, the depth chart is going to be what it is. Oh, one other uh, change in the depth chart. This is big, big, big breaking news on the UH depth chart. Jake Farrell has been unseated as the holder on the special teams. I know. This is, this is, um, this is disastrous news. Jake Farrell has been unseated as the starting holder by Ben Falk. Uh, so, uh, Ben Falk apparently is the the new starting holder. Again, take for what it is. And I and look, I'm I'm having a little fun with it just because I think we have to. Look, you have to find a, a, a way to have a little bit of fun after what happened last week. And it's not easy to do. Trust me, it's hard. But Ben Falk, congratulations. Uh he's now a starter. Uh as a holder. So Jake Farrell's got a Jake. Hey, at least Jake Farrell's back to wearing the orange jersey as uh, one of the quarterbacks, not to touch, uh, and getting quarterback reps in practice because it is uh, it is once again an open, open competition. But still, that that quarterback conversation is, um, you know, it's a it's it's a big topic of conversation for sure. Um, Get through uh, some of the texts we've gotten in from you at 808-296-1420. We have, uh, let's see, this is from the, this is from Jeff. Pick a QB, plan your game plan, then work your game plan. Adjust. I expect high scoring, a must-win game. Man, if you're expecting high scoring against Western Kentucky, um, you might be in for a rude awakening. You know, I'm not, I don't know that Western Kentucky's better than Vanderbilt or Vanderbilt's better than Western Kentucky. I, I, honestly, I don't care. Don't care. But what I saw from Hawaii's offense tells me that uh, that offense is a work in progress, and Western Kentucky is, um, is a team that's going to make that work in progress continue. I, I, don't, I don't know that I can see high scoring out of a game like that. I'd like to be proven wrong, but uh, I have a hard time believing that very early on. That's uh, that's from Jeff. 
Uh, thank you for texting in, Jeff. Appreciate you listening in. Keep your texts coming in at 808-296-1420. Um, you know what we'll do? Coming up next, we will give away University of Hawaii football tickets to see Hawaii and Western Kentucky. And by the way, tomorrow, not only will we have University of Hawaii football tickets to give away, uh, we're also going to have Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets that we're going to be giving away because volleyball is back at home with opening night on Thursday night. So uh, we'll uh, we'll get you some tickets to get squared away for that. But first, it's football. Dial in at 808-296-1420. Football tickets to give away coming up after we take a look at traffic. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All right, let's give away some University of Hawaii uh, football tickets, shall we? Uh, our number, 808-296-1420. Hawaii and uh, Western Kentucky is uh, the matchup coming up on Saturday. And uh, Rush is dialing into the phone at 808-296-1420. Rush, how are you? Fine. Rush, what's uh, what's the day look like so far for you today? Uh, pretty good so far. All right. Uh, well, let's see if we can uh, get you an opportunity to go to uh, Hawaii and Western Kentucky uh, coming up here on Saturday. Now, uh, Western Kentucky is bringing someone very familiar to Hawaii football, and that's Tyson Helton. Tyson Helton was a former coach at the University of Hawaii. Uh, he was there when Timmy Chang was the quarterback. Who was the head coach? Who, who was the head coach of Hawaii? When Tyson Helton was on the Hawaii staff. Uh, June Jones? There you go. Uh, it was June Jones who was the coach when uh, Tyson Helton was there. And for knowing that, uh, you're going to check out Hawaii and Western Kentucky coming up on Saturday. Great job. Thank you very much. All right. Hang on. We'll get those tickets out to you. So stand by. Uh, more opportunities to score University of Hawaii football tickets. That is coming up uh, tomorrow morning with Chris Hart and Gary Dickman on the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, they'll also have University of Hawaii Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets to give away. Uh, Kanoa will have both. I'll have both. Uh, so I'll be listening in all day tomorrow for your chance to get to University of Hawaii sporting events. Yeah, that's right. I, I didn't realize it. Uh, and and uh, Coach Helton was on with the guys this morning. Um, June Jones was the coach. Timmy Chang was there. Nick Rolovich was there. Um, but uh, he will be uh, making his return to Hawaii. He was a GA for a year. And then he was a, a graduate assistant. No, he, well, same thing. He was a GA for a year, then was part of the special team staff from uh, 2001 to 2003 there's a quote he had in the was this the bowling green daily news is that is that what it is uh no, yeah it's the bowling green daily news in which he says and he says quote those days things were a little bit different he said he recalled having to be at the airport a couple of times early in the morning to pick up film being flown in so they could cut it and prepare it for games 
That's right. Picking up film from the airport so you could cut for games. Who does that now? Now that we're talking, what, uh, two decades later? He said uh, he got taste for new foods like Spam Musubi, Polke, and Plate Lunches, and it was like a four-year honeymoon with his wife. The two had been married. Their first daughter was born here. And he says, quote, she has a Hawaiian middle name, and she's been trying to get back there ever since. If that tells you anything, she has a lot of the aloha spirit in her, close quote. Uh, so it's kind of a kind of a cool thing for him to be back uh, where he really his his coaching career started. And he's got an interesting offense that I think will be um, you know, kind of cool to watch in person. Western Kentucky is a group of five program that uh, not one of those kinds of threatening group of five programs that will compete for an opportunity for a college football playoff uh, New Year's Six Bowl. But we're talking about a potential conference champion type of uh group of five program and i think that that's what that western kentucky team uh might be but i mean we've talked a little bit about what they did last week they played an fcs team last week in austin p austin p was a uh, i think just a tick above 500 last year um that game was kept close throughout western kentucky didn't blow them out but i, I i'm again i'm i'm also reminded it is week zero and what I mean, look, North Carolina took a long time to, to get away from uh, Florida A&M, a Florida A&M team that had, what, 20 players not show up because of ineligibility and injuries and just uh, seven offensive linemen. And uh, it took a while for North Carolina to say, all right, we'll we'll play football. <laughs> and, uh, uh you know, we'll we'll actually blow this team out because we should. And it was fifty six to twenty four at the end of the day, and uh, and and North Carolina finally goes on and wins. It was looking really bad for a while. And uh, and yeah, it was Tanner who let me know on Saturday. Jeremy Musa um, is starting for Florida A and M. He was the starting quarterback against North Carolina. Got an opportunity to be um, on national television. But Florida A&M is also in a little bit of trouble, too, because there were players that didn't want to play. University convinced them eventually to play because there was a lot of money on the line. And Florida A&M has come back, and some of their players have written a letter, um, you know, written to the president. It was uh, leaked online, basically talking about uh, a lot of compliance issues. And for those that don't know, compliance is such a big part of an athletic department, uh, you know, maintaining the uh, eligibility statuses, work in the classroom. It, it, there, there's a lot of things that go into it. It's not just a, a small little thing. And so you know, Florida A&M players spoke out, and, and, and they did so because, frankly, and, and they know it. They should have never played. They should have never been on the field playing against North Carolina with 20 short and only seven offensive linemen. But we know, I don't I don't think it it's a stretch for us to, you know, basically think that the university probably pressured it because um, 
you know, they didn't want to lose out on over $400,000. So they wanted to make sure um, they got that money. They didn't lose it. That's concerning. And you know what? Student-athletes have uh, done a really good job recently of keeping everything, you know, um, you know, making sure that they document stuff because they have more power than than they ever have. And I, and I think it's been uh, them doing that, I think it has helped get people to understand where, uh, where they are at. We'll check on, uh, we'll check on surf here in just a moment. We've got sports center on the way as we get you through a uh, very, very uh, busy Tuesday coming up. Uh, we'll stay in football Actually, no, coming up. Uh, you'll hear uh, Gerald Oda's conversation with Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. That's on the way. This is ESPN Honolulu. Oh, thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420. And we've we've just been uh, uh, marveling at the inability of people to catch tennis balls uh, during the commercial break. Uh, U.S. Open, Rafa Nadal won his match. And, uh, you know, they they at the end of the match, you'll sign some tennis balls and whack them into the crowd. And, I mean, I could imagine if you were trying to whack a tennis ball off a racket in the front row, that would hurt. But this is stuff all the way to the top of uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium. You get one chance. How many places do you get to catch something when you're sitting in the upper levels? You know, the Super Bozooka, when aimed correctly, Rarely ever reached the top levels of the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. I mean, sometimes you go to Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center, and the only things you had a chance to get were the coupons from the Jack in the Box blimp. And even that, you just hoped the draft of the air conditioning blew some of those coupons the right way. You're sitting at Arthur Ashe Stadium, tennis balls coming your way. I'm sorry, but. That is a must-catch moment. When you are up there and it is coming your way, there is no excuse for you to drop it. None. And it happened during the match, too. There was someone who had a chance, and he's leaning right over against a, a brick railing and in the hands, out of the hands. That is, uh, can't happen. Can't happen. You got to be on the ball. You're already moving your head left and right about, you know, 30,000 times during a match. Um you're already on a swivel. You got to make the play. Earlier today, Gerald Oda, the head coach of the Honolulu Little League team, was on with Chris Hart and Gary Dickman days after winning the Little League World Series title. Uh, he was on with the guys. We call this an animal rewind. Take a listen. The championship coach for the Honolulu Little League team that won the World Series on Sunday in Williamsport. Back with us, Gerald Oda. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. I'm just wondering now that you've won multiple World Series titles, Every time you land at the airport here in Honolulu, do you expect a water salute now? <laughs> Good morning, and aloha. <laughs> Man, that would that would be awesome if I could get that kind of welcome every time I uh, I return back from a trip. Man, that would make my life uh, fulfilled. <laughs> well, you deserve it. 
And uh, you could probably run for governor right now, I think, probably win that as well. And congratulations. I know uh, it must have been an overwhelming experience. And the ride home yesterday, we saw the footage at the airport. What stands out to you over the last 48 hours? You know, just this sense of appreciation, you know, thanking everybody, you know, for uh, giving us this opportunity. You know, it's not, you know, for anyone, you know, for a baseball team or anyone for that matter, you know, to represent our great state. It's such a big responsibility, and I'm just deeply appreciative how uh, our boys played. Um, grateful, of course, that we were able to win, but more more important than that was just basically show the world, you know, this is this is what a, Hawaii, a person from Hawaii looks. This is what, you know, we spread, you know, aloha spirit, and, and also be, to play with Pono, you know, be do it the right way. And, um, again, just nothing but appreciation and appreciation of how much support we had from everyone back home. You talk about the aloha spirit and doing things the right way. A couple things come to mind. The Tennessee coach said the other day that he hates that your team is so good, and he also hates that your team is so nice. It's a great compliment that he said and a good tribute to your team. And I, I saw also that every, I guess after every game, your team would go over to the visiting fans and salute them as well. Another great gesture by your squad. Yeah, you know, I think it's something that we want to, we stress to our kids that, you know, uh, it's so easy to use anger or hatred as a motivation, you know, the, oh, that other team is terrible, or, you know, they, they're not allowed to villainize them or demonize them. You know, and I'm, I, I, I'll be honest, I used to do that, in my, especially in my younger years when coaching. And then, But in this day and age, and we all see it in, our, in, in politics or in a community, that's very, that can also be very dangerous, you know, when we start doing this us-against-them kind of mentality. And so that's why we really wanted to stress those kids that, you know, this playing baseball, yes, you know, we do have an opponent, but our biggest challenge isn't the other team. Our biggest challenge is that small voice of doubt in your head. That's the challenge, you know, and that's one something that we wanted to stress to our kids that, you know, let's give everybody respect. You know, we just, everyone's there at Williamsport for the same reason. You know, there's only one team that's going to come out in the end, um, the champion. And whether it be us, and we were very grateful that, it, you know, it was us, um, but at the same time, it's really show respect to our opponents. Honolulu Little League World Series champion coach Gerald Oda with us on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I understand that the mayor, Mayor Blangiardi, said they hope to have a parade and a celebration in the works. Have you heard anything along those lines yet? You know, I was very grateful and surprised to see Mayor Blangiardi as well as uh, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green um, at the airport yesterday. I know Mayor Blangiardi said that they're still trying to arrange, you know, a parade for the team, which I, you know, of course, deeply appreciate it. Um, and, you know, it's more so for us in trying to figure out ways, how can we really go out and really thank everybody for, again, for all the support. And we did also get a call after we won um, the championship game. Governor Ige called, and he informed us that he was in Japan um, away, but nonetheless, you know, reached out to the kids and was able to congratulate the boys. And, uh, but as far as what you heard is what I heard. <laughs> as okay. far as any kind of parade. I know how humble you are, but when I see the numbers 60 to 5, I just can't get over that. How do you explain that? That's the run differential. You guys scored 60 runs and only let up five and actually trailed uh, for half an inning for the first time in this World Series on Sunday. You know, and it's, it's something that we always, again, stress to our boys is that every every pitch is a different battle. Every inning is a different, you know, battle. And, what we tell the kids, though, is that play hard from the first pitch to the last pitch. You know, give us 100% on every single pitch. And, you know, whether we, whether we was up by one round or down one round, you know, the, the message always stays the same. Just just focus on the moment. 
give your hundred percent um on that too, but hundred percent focus on the pitch. And you know, I'm gonna see what happens at the end of the day. As long as we win by one, that's all that matters. Um, but yeah, we really, to be honest, that was something that me, my brother Keith, and along with Coach Willis, we never really checked. You know, other than the fact that hey, the kids are doing well, let's, let's just keep it rolling. And it definitely was rolling all the way through the end. One of the things I love when I watch championship sporting events, high school, college, pro, little league, is the reaction once the championship is clinched. So for you, you've done it twice. Can you describe the moments after the Mercy Rule came into play on Sunday and also going back to 2018 when you won it? What are those moments like for you? You know, just a sense of deep appreciation again. You know, just to have, you know, I spoke to, you know, when we were talking about it after the end of the game, you know, the kids all ran on the field. It was just myself, Willis, and Keith. You know, we're standing on the sidelines and we're looking at these kids jumping around and celebrating. And, you know, we, we all talked about it. We said, guys, can you think about it man how fortunate we are that we were able to come back in 2022 and just to participate and play a part in these these 14 kids lives so just you know just nothing but appreciation again appreciation for the kids appreciation for their parents for trusting us in coaching their sons um and something that you know again that we, we very recognize that this is not you know, it seems like you know every year there's a Hawaii team that's traveling, but we recognize that this is a special opportunity and how how very you know appreciative that we were able to do this. Little League World Series champion coach Gerald Oda with the animals on the Bobby Curran show on ESPN mm-hmm. Honolulu. I was wondering about this last night as well, watching the kids arrive at the airport. Do they have to go to school today? <laughs> so that was, you know, buddy, that was the running thing that we kept telling the kids that. We were counting down the days. They said, hey, guys, you guys got two more days in the summer school. Guess what? When we arrive back home, <laughs> well, you guys going back to reality school. So, yes, everyone had to go back to school on, uh, uh, today, this morning. But, you know, we, we, you know, we told the kids, though, you guys have one hell of a great summer. You know, let's just continue on, uh, you know, and just let's just do this, you know. And we told them, too, that yeah, um, Sunday's game was the last time they would ever play baseball as a 12-year-old because they're all – going to be moving up to the bigger diamond now, um, you know, with their intermediate teams and so forth. So, yeah, it was something, you know, special for us to let them know that, hey, again, you know, thanking them that we, we for us, even the coaches, you know, we had such an unbelievable uh, summer journey with these kids. I thought it was really interesting when I saw one of the articles written is that some of your players from the 2018 squad were at the airport yesterday, and they've still had really successful baseball careers since the World Series four years ago. Yes, and that that made me myself, um, my my brother Keith and Willis. I think that was the coolest thing. You know, we had nothing but appreciation for to see. You know, there there are six of them. You know, that showed up and to greet us. You know, it really. You know, I really felt happy and proud of these kids. You know, that, that for them to take the time out of the day, I'm sure it didn't hurt that they had to leave school early, but nonetheless, they, <laughs> they showed up. And it was such a cool moment because, you know, what the 2018 team did, they basically laid the foundation for these kids, you know, on this year's team. Because, you know, these kids that back in 2018, they were like eight years old, you know, and I'm sure, you know, they saw us play in 2018 on TV and, the kids would always tell me too, like, "Hey, coach, you know, I, I saw the game on YouTube, right? Da 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 da." And, and it's so funny because as we were progressing along, you know, when we won our states, you know, won the regionals, all of a sudden, a lot of the kids started questioning, "Hey, coach, who's the better team, 2018 or 2022?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but you know, I'm hoping and praying that this 2022 um, team, this year's team, does the same thing what 2018 team did. That you know, hopefully, that there's a young kid. 
um, watching the Sahara Games, and then, you know, starts dreaming big and says, you know, Dad tells the parents that when he's 12 years old, he wants to um, see if he can make it to the Little League Road Series, I think. So that was the cool thing, seeing the past, connect with the present, and also with the present, guys, hopefully laying the foundation for future teams. Coach, we thank you so much for being so gracious with your time and coming on every time we've asked to talk to you. Congratulations on the success. I guess if we follow the trend in 2026, you'll win it again. If you want to do it next year, though, we'll be okay with that as well. Again, congratulations. I'm sure we'll see a lot of each other in the next week or two as the celebrations start. Awesome. Thank you again for giving me this opportunity you know, to be on your show. Much mahalo. Gerald Oda there, uh, Lily World Series championship coach. Uh, he was with us uh, on the Bobby Kern Show with Chris Hart and Gary Dickman earlier this morning on ESPN Honolulu. And if you missed any part of that show, uh, you can check it out on demand at ESPNHonolulu.com and on the Sideline Hawaii app. Time for our M. Dyer Global Scoreboard, which is brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. They are into the ninth in Atlanta. The Braves trailing the Colorado Rockies 3-2. to two. Bottom of the eighth in Minnesota. Twins 8, Red Sox 5. A uh, battle of two Texas teams in uh, Arlington. Rangers trailing Houston 4-2, bottom of the eighth. Uh, top of the ninth in Milwaukee. The Brewers wearing those sweet Brew Crew uniforms. Have you seen those today? Uh, if you haven't, go and check it out. It's probably on social media or just on the Brewers website. But uh, those uniforms are some of the best alternate uniforms Major League Baseball has. No argument there. 4-2 uh, Pittsburgh leading Milwaukee, though, showing that uh, just wearing the alternate unis doesn't mean you're going to win. Uh, that's in the top of the ninth inning. Uh, top of the fourth in Anaheim, Angels trailing the New York Yankees 4-2 on our sister station, CBS 1500. Padres and Giants scoreless as they head to the fourth. That is your M. Dyer Global scoreboard. M. Dyer Global always on the move. Uh, we'll get to some of your text messages. Uh, we got... Maybe one of the questions of the year for all you indoor sports folks. I think we were throwing out a little while ago stuff you can catch in the upper row of an arena. Right? We were, we were doing that a little while ago. And uh, um, in tennis, you have the chance to catch a tennis ball at the uh, Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Maybe a chance to catch coupons. <laughs> we we had a text about that coming up uh, you know, a little while ago, and uh, we'll address that text in a little bit. I'm waiting to, to let that screen go through. Oh, you got it over there? Perfect. All right. Uh, we'll go to traffic here. We'll get to your text in a moment. It's the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update coming up at the top of the hour. Great to have you with us uh, here from our PAXA studios in downtown Honolulu. This is the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Great to have you uh, in with us here as we uh, close out your Tuesday. All of our guests, uh, when they appear, they do so. Uh, courtesy of our hotline. Arnold Martinez coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, I'm excited for that. We haven't... Uh, I was going to say, we haven't talked to Arnold since Saturday. <laughs> I was going to say, we haven't talked to him in a while. I was like, oh, wait. It was Saturday. And then uh, Arnold and I will get together again. We will have uh, the countdown to kickoff. We will be at the varsity uh, that on uh, on Saturday. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to uh, spending some time with you all year long for uh, University of Hawaii football coverage during pregame as, uh, as well as during halftime. 
burning question that I don't have the answer to, frankly, but um, you know, we'll we'll ask anyway. Texter from the two two three. Will we see the return of the blimp in the Stan Sheriff Arena? I didn't see it this year during the men's volleyball season. Uh, I don't remember it during men's volleyball season either. I don't know the answer to that. If we will see the blimp return, um, if we get an answer on that, we'll share it with you. But I have uh, no idea if we'll see the blimp return. I know because uh, everybody sitting in the upper levels, they want to know if they can win something. Because how often does the uh, Super Bozuka get to the upper levels because we know not everybody can throw a shirt into the upper levels. Texter from the uh, 722. When is called a coach with Coach Bud? She's had one session in 10 years? I, you know, I don't know. Um, we'll, have to, we'll, we'll have to talk to the, uh, to the great members of our staff about uh, a, a potential call the coach with Coach Bud. I, I don't know. Love Coach Bud. She was with us at the uh, really big road show at uh, Growler Hawaii that we did last month. And, oh, by the way, breaking news. No, it wasn't. Was it last month? No, it was earlier this month. Breaking news. Uh, really big road show coming back. Uh, September 15th. Mark your calendar. Uh, we'll be at Growler Hawaii to take the sports animals and friends um, and the regulars <laughs> on the road. Uh, for that show, so that should be uh, that should be good fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I would love to do a a call the coach with Coach Bud, uh, if she's down, if if she wants to do it, because uh, any any good pup for her program, uh, would be good. And and they had some weather challenges, you may recall, at the beginning of the year. They had some uh, some some weather issues at Northern Arizona before that ended in a tie. Uh, no, it wasn't Northern Arizona that had the weather issues. It was Grand Canyon that ended in a loss because they had to play it the next day. And then they had the game that was canceled, the match that was canceled uh, at Arizona State. But then it was a great bounce back uh, last weekend at the Outrigger soccer kickoff when they beat Seattle and they beat Nickel State. So uh, Hawaii is 2-1 and one on the year and are going back on the road at Portland and at Portland State. Uh, September 4th and September 8th, respectively. So, uh, yeah, if if, uh, if anybody wants to make a move on that, if anybody's listening in, because I believe we've got some call the coaches that uh, that we got to fill over the course of the year. If anybody wants to make a move in that, I'm, uh, I'm all for it. Just putting that out into the uh, ESPN Honolulu universe. Keith texts in, they haven't had the Super Bozuka in a few years in the arena either. Really? I don't know why. I feel like I've seen, well, they couldn't use the Supa Bozuka when nobody was around unless you wanted to use seats as target practice. Um, and that's probably kept as a hush-hush kind of thing, if anything. Um, but there's probably, yeah, there's probably been a reason why uh, you hadn't seen it. And that's probably the reason if that's the case. But I, I, don't, I don't know. That's another question. I guess uh, marketing maybe could help us out with that. Will we see the Supa Bozuka? And will we see the blimp? Those are all the burning questions from you, the fans. And, uh, hey, if we can get an answer before tomorrow's show, uh, that'd be really cool to do. All right. Uh, Arnold Martinez is coming up next hour. Uh, my partner on Countdown to Kickoff this year. 
on University of Hawaii football broadcasts. Basically, um, the guy I lean on uh, for everything football knowledge because he's coached it and I haven't. Um, he's the smart one of the two of us. Uh, he and I watched a good chunk of the first half uh, together before we went in the booth. And, and, and by the way, Arnold incredibly uh, like we're there but Arnold's got the game in front of him he's got his phone as a monitor watching the TV feed which is on delay so he's watching back to you know his own replay he's replaying that um, his way of watching games is uh, really good with uh, with what we had outside and uh, it was my first opportunity just getting to honestly be outside of the booth instead of inside, watch the game with him, and, uh, and, and, and get some good knowledge from him. And uh, what we'll do, too, we will um, we'll take some of the bites that we had from Timmy when he was on, uh, or not when he was on, but when he spoke to the media yesterday. And I'll play him back for Coach and get his reaction to some of that and uh, kind of also getting to a, a little a little more in depth than what he saw defensively and offensively, just simply from from what he saw with his own two eyes. But you know, uh, th there's nothing better than leaning in on potentially what a coach is saying, just from you know hearing from the coach uh, or from another coach in deciphering all of that and. That's kind of the plan on on uh, what I'm hoping to do here with Arnold, and, and we're going to hope to do this a lot. Um, you know, Arnold and I continue to work together and uh, bring you some good content every week. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We've got Sports Center on the way again. Arnold Martinez, uh, our coach, your coach, on countdown to kickoff with a look back at uh, at last week, what he took away from that Vanderbilt game, and and how you rebound from that. Uh, and we'll go through some of the uh, some of the things that Timmy Chang said as well. All that coming up. Uh, Sports Center's on the way as well. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. That journey's coming. Probably at a time where we're working and we can't go. <sighs> that's that's the tough part when the really good concerts come during football season. What are we all doing? Football stuff. Um, but cool, uh, cool to see some big stuff coming back. You can just you can just say it over the mic, Tanner. Just do it. Hey, don't stop believing, Josh. <sighs> I was hoping for a better payoff on that line. Uh, that feels like it's a, a, the best intro to go into Hawaii football conversation, does it not? I guess. Uh, Arnold Martinez, uh, my coach, your coach, on uh, Countdown to Kickoff here on uh, the Rainbow Warrior Network and ESPN Honolulu. Arnold joins us now uh, here on the program. And, uh, and, and Coach, I want to go through a couple of sound bites, and I want to get your, your reaction to some of them if possible, uh, just to kind of just – Take us through what a coach is thinking 
and and what you hear out of that um, after a game like Saturday. So let's start with a little bit, uh, and, and credit, by the way, Kanoa Leahy, who got these sound bites for us. This was Timmy Chang and his reaction to that Vanderbilt game on Saturday. Let's take a listen. It's just working, right? You know, got to see what our guys uh, can do out on the field. Um, you know, played a decent half of football and, um, uh, you know, probably a quarter that you really wanted to get back. Some unfortunate things happened and, uh, you know, we just just got to get better, you know. So we know where we're at now and then now it's, it's, it's really harnessing and having total focus on every detail that we need to and, and holding guys accountable and it starts with me first. You know, when adversity hits, you know, you, you want to try to answer it and, and, uh, and, and respond as quickly as possible with things that are positive and build them up. Uh, you know, I think in the moment, um, you know, we, we didn't stop the bleeding, you know, in that one quarter. Um, but, but, you know, coming back in on Monday and meeting with the guys, you know, it's all positive. You know, it's, it's just being honest with them. You know, that's what we are in film. And so we need to be better. And we need to look. We need to look to get better in all phases, and in, in, in every single room, and every person that's on that field. And then when we practice, all guys, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. Even it's all 115 guys, right? You know, you, you need your scout guys to give the looks. You need you need you need your your guys that are they're in the one deep, two deep, don't matter. They got to do their job, and we as coaches got to put them in position. Uh, this is where I bring uh, Coach Arnold Martinez in. So, Coach, I, I hear that as First, co first year head coach, first game, trying to figure things out, but also trying to enforce or, and maybe reinforce some of the positives that you try to take from a game like that, knowing that this is the start of a season and you don't, you, you want to kind of keep some of those things top of mind. What do you hear on that? Hey, Josh, how's it going? First of all, thanks for having me on, brother. Miss you, miss you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all right, so... There's a couple of things. I mean, obviously, he, he talks about accountability, um, that it starts with him and the coaches and uh, and the staff, and then, you know, it goes down the line, right, to, to every single player that it doesn't matter if you're a starter or if you're a scout team player, everybody can help everybody get better, you know. And uh, when he talks about accountability, every coach feels responsible, you know, that uh, – it's the coach's job to leave no stone unturned um, and take the circumstances that he has and make the make the best out of those circumstances and and really squeeze all the potential out of his players that he possibly can and and I'm sure Timmy there's some things there he he'd like to there's some plays that he'd like to get back and probably some calls that he'd like to get back and some situations that he'd like to get back and but it's all about that. That's the second thing I heard there. It's all about the evaluation process. You know that you you said it's just, it's the early part of the season, but it's also early part of the program. This is the infancy uh, process. You know what I mean? This you, you got to take your steps and you got to take your lumps and you got to learn um, and you got to build off of those learning experiences. And that means everybody. He he mentioned it. You know, it's the staff, it's the players, and everybody in every every position room and watching every play and um they'll evaluate and and um and, and you know really keeping a realistic uh outlook on the entire thing is hey we're we're here to build it from the ground up um obviously there you know cuz it was in the depths of despair right before Timmy got there a lot of you know a lot of guys gone they got to re-recruit um, they got to get a culture in place, 
And that stuff doesn't happen in three months, four months, five months, six months, whatever he had before the first game. You know, real sustainability occurs over time. And uh, so I would say he's still in the infancy. Um, I heard him talk about being positive, you know, and and, um, continue to build them and encourage them in the right way, while at the same time holding them accountable with honesty. We always say the eye in the sky doesn't lie. So if he can get those guys on the film and uh, and, and evaluate it uh, and everybody does their part, then we all rise up. He talked about adversity, right? Um, football is a game. Uh, a friend of mine talked about it on the podcast. Uh, Dan Quinn, who's the coordinator at the Dallas Cowboys, he said, adversity in football is coming 100% chance. It's, it's, it's not it's, – there's no percent – <laughs> that it's not going to happen. It just depends on the level of adversity and are you built to respond to it. And so right now they're still, they're still young. They, they, they need to have more experience so that when that adversity comes, the wheels don't fall off per se, right? Um, he talks about the one quarter and playing good in the first half and the second and, and uh, first half um, to some degree, to, you know, and there were some fluke plays in there, right? We talked about it at halftime. At halftime, it should have been a 14-10 game, right? I mean, one touchdown was a, what was it, a fumble that popped in the air that turned into an interception. Right. <laughs> you know, one of those things. And so um, it turned into a pick six, by the way. But, you know, he, he, there's some things in there that uh, he'd like to get back, uh, obviously, because it's an evaluation process from, from the top down. And, um, and you know, everybody's got to just kind of be patient and understand that process with 50, I heard 51, 53, whatever the number is, new players. Um, and again, not really, you know, having everything established as, as far as the standards and the expectations, this is part of it. This is the time where you get to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, um, we got to get better. What can we do? Um, I talked to Jacob uh, this this week, um, actually Monday morning, and uh, Coach Euro, and we talked about it, and 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 he and I kind of shared some things, and I I was saying that uh, you know when you get on the film, it's really pinpointing the why, okay? Because I mean obviously a lot of technical things happened in the scheme, but a lot of technique happened, poor technique happened in the game, and well why does that happen? It's one thing to say oh well. You know, in coaching, you know, when someone says catch the ball, that's not a coaching point. <laughs> you know, it used to it used to kill me when I hear a coach yell at a kid, catch the ball. Well, do you think the kid doesn't want to catch the ball? You know what I mean? <laughs> Does he go in there and say, I'm going to drop this ball today? You know what I mean? So, no, you teach him, well, why didn't he catch it? His eyes weren't, weren't in the right place. He didn't take a picture of his hand placement. His positioning was wrong. You know, he didn't high point. He didn't pluck it. Give him technique. So the why is the most important right now in the evaluation. Why did they overrun plays? Why did they miss tackle so much? Uh, I was, you and I, and we were up there watching, and I had mentioned to Gary during the game, you know, I, I have a joke with my son because uh, I'll, I'll show him highlights of guys who try to shoulder tackle, shoulder, they come in and they tackle at the shoulder pad level, and then next thing you know, they're stiff-armed on the back of their neck. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll show it to my son. I say, nothing good happens when you tackle at the shoulder pads. Nothing. You know, I can show you a million clips and, you know, 90% of it's going to be bad. A guy's coming in there trying to tackle the shoulder pads. Well, why? 
why aren't they approaching the tackling with the technique that they're given? Because I've, I've seen them in practice. They know how to tackle, right? Um, and Coach, you're on them, are teaching them good technique to tackle. Now, it, remember we talked earlier, too, about game transfer. So you, we can practice. I said it in the pregame. We can practice till we're blue in the face. You know, you, can, you know everything in your sleep. But it's got to transfer. you got to trust the technique, and it's got to transfer into game time play. Um, so there's a why and a disconnect there as to the breakdowns in technique, right? So you got to get the, each player to understand their why. Okay, you know what were you thinking in this in this in this uh, particular situation? Where were your eyes? What was what was your technique? Um, those kinds of things, um, you know. And then you get to the how. Once you once you can understand the why, uh, then you can get to the how, which is how you really want to play. Um, so yeah, it's just a part of the evaluation process and part of the learning process. Unfortunately, um, you'd like guys to be more competitive, but I think what it showed you is they're young. It's a young program, mm -hmm. even, you know what I mean? Young coaching staff, not young as far as age or experience, but young as far as time together. Right. Right. And so, um, once they get more time together, um, the communication's better, the operations we talked about procedural operation in the pregame a lot, and we saw, uh, you know, some mishaps, right? Um, and I know some of the coaches talked about it too, even communication from the box and different things. So um, you practice and practice and practice, and you know what happens, Josh, when the game starts? It's just organized chaos. Mm -hmm. If you've ever been on the sideline, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, but, you, you, you know, with time, everything settles down, and then everyone operates with a better expectation. And then when things don't go your way, you're able to withstand, right, the storm. You can weather the storm, and you won't crumble, and um, and things won't snowball. But that takes time. Um, I think I think every head coach um, who starts at a program somewhere has been through something like that, and 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 a process like that. I had mentioned uh, one time to you about the, biz, the this theory called the implementation curve. When you first get in a job, everything's, whoo, everyone's excited. If you, if you plotted this on a graph, you'd have the line going straight up over the X and Y axis, right? It'd be going up, 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 because the excitement and the energy and everything's going. And then there's a dip, and it goes backwards before it can go back up again. This is known in business. This is known when you're building companies, everything. Um, that implementation curve, you gotta you gotta weather that, and you gotta stay true to your values to get to the other side of that, so that you can get back on the upslope again, right? And 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 grow some more. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot a lot of things we can go over stats, we can go over technique, we can go over play calling. But you know, it, it's it's just one of those things where they're gonna have to evaluate and um, be like I said, be honest and be positive about it. Just continue to encourage, inspire the guys, you know. And but I would tell you this: even Coach J Jacob uh, mentioned to me when they subbed out in the fourth. A lot of times, you know, guys that have been playing a lot or tired or starters, they'll go sit down. And he he says, you know, Arnold, what was awesome was those guys stood up. Good. They didn't go sit on the bench. They they were cheering and coaching their the the backups, uh, you know, coaching them up and encouraging them and they were in you know into the game you know they stayed locked in and i was like there you go and i and i told him a story about i heard sean payton say one 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 time a friend of mine told me about it and he sean payton told 
telling the Saints that, you know, even the best teams can, can lose and, and get blown out. The dream team got blown out by the college team, right, before they played in the Olympics. And um, and he said, uh, we don't need 53 of the, great, uh, the, the greatest guys. We just need 53 of the right guys. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you have the right guys, you know, who are going to stick together, right, and stay together, then you got something, and you just keep on building Arnold Martinez joining us, uh, my partner on Countdown to Kickoff. Um, is 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 John still holding on, wanting to ask a question to Coach Martinez? No, he's gone? Okay. Um, I want to get into another thing, and then I, I want to see if it's possible for you to hang around in the next segment because I, I I have so much more I wanted to get to. Is that possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go okay. for it. Let, well, let's let's get to this part first. Um this was the part on on quarterbacks. Actually, you know what? Let's mm-hmm. let's save the quarterback part for next segment, Tanner. I want to I want to do a follow up on what you were just talking about and and, and the audio we just played, because um, I know for some people it's it it feels like doom and gloom after after game one. But do you feel like as as odd as it might sound, you learn more about your team in your first game coaching in a game like this as compared to let's say. Um, a win, let's say you played an FCS opponent and you beat an FCS opponent. Do you learn more about your team in this situation as compared to, you know, a, a, a situation that might be more positive in your first game? Oh, absolutely. That's a great point you, you, you bring up there, Josh, for the listeners, is that um, absolutely you can learn more in a game like this because there's an old saying, coaches will say this all the time, I'd take a clean, well-played loss than an ugly win. Sometimes you learn more, you know, of what you have. You can get a win, and it can be just ugly as all get out. You didn't execute. Just the ball fell in your favor, you know, bounced in your favor. A lot of things went your way, when you sh- and you know you shouldn't have won the game. And it doesn't really help your players get better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, you know, those, those situations, because now they're thinking they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, when really, if you graded their technique, the technique was really poor or their execution of scheme was really poor. So, and, and then you can compare it to, well, we lost a close one, or we lost a bad one. But gosh, we operated very well within our scheme, within our fundamentals. They just made better plays than we did. So if you compared those kind of things, you would, you would learn more from the, from the later situation there. So the latter situation, it, it's a good point. You could, you know, you get an FCS team, or you can get a, a team that maybe – Right is a level below or whatnot, and then you're you're, you know, it's you're riding high and cloud nine, and and reality kicks in that wait a minute we're really not that good because the the measuring stick wasn't right. And I think if you have your criteria in place and the coaches do, like I said, they have good experience, they know what they're doing, um, they have some they're they're realist about it. Um, they're going to evaluate each one of their players' strengths and weaknesses and 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 show them that. Hey, we just didn't operate to our strengths, and and with a, and then the ball, you know the the craziness of the football. They got the best bounces in the world. The other team, and there's a lot of things that go into it. But yeah, you can learn more uh, in in situations like this. It's sort of like the pretest, you know, when you're teaching somebody something over, let's say, a semester or a year, a teacher, or professor. You take a pretest, and guess what? Most of the time, you you expect all your students to bomb it. <laughs> right you know what i mean because they probably don't know what's on there but after the semester is over you would hope they aced it right so you want to get because if you're teaching the right way and they're learning the right way 
then there you go, right? It's so you. I would say you know right now this was a great evaluation tool. It sucks to lose. You know we all. You know you always even if you want to lose, you want to be in a, at least competitive. Lose in a competitive way because the third quarter got away and the wheels fell off, right? And it just snowballed. But uh, and they know that. But there's a lot. You know, I, I, you hear this all the time. There's no. There's there's no losing. It's just winning and learning. Well, there's losing too. Like I, I'll be the first one to want to smash a chair when, when I lose. I, I'm not a good loser either, but, uh, you know, cause you're, you have competitive fire in you, you have passion, but, uh, but okay, well, how can we, we can't let it beat us twice. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't let this game beat you twice or three times or four times or five for the rest of the season. This one game can't linger and beat you the rest of the season. What you got to do is you got to make note of where did we, um, not execute well where was where were the breakdowns in technique execution procedures operation where were those breakdowns and then what do we do to address that and make sure it doesn't happen because a mistake happens once or twice a habit happens every game every play if we have a lot of habits like that then then you're not learning you're not growing and you're not going to win many games Coach is going to hang by for another segment. We'll get to the quarterback part of this conversation in a moment. Right now, traffic. Arnold Martinez joining me. I'm Josh Pacheco at ESPN Honolulu. In here, Sports Animals, ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update in a moment. More with Coach Arnold Martinez. Let's listen back to Timmy Chang talking about the quarterbacks following last weekend and uh, and, and looking ahead. This is Coach. You know, when you when you see it and, 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 and someone's able to take the reins and, and put the ball in the end zone consistently and do the job consistently, then then, then that's when it'll probably end. Yeah, we're, we're, we're evaluating them as, as we go, um, you know, but, you know, we just got to keep putting them in, the, in, a, in a great position and, and, and making sure they understand what we're trying to do and, and the guy that's the most consistent will be the guy. Um, you know, Cam, you know, we didn't give Cam a shot, and, and but, uh, but, but Cam has some capabilities as well, so, um, you know, We'll, we'll keep repping those three guys. Uh, Coach, in about 45 seconds, uh, reaction to that? Absolutely. You know, it's still evaluation process, right? They got to get – they have now they have live action film and at least two of the guys, and they're going to grade their t- technique, mechanics, accuracy, mobility, all that, decision-making, uh, ball placement, you name it. Um, and they're also going to evaluate, does the system – how does the system flow best with that particular quarterback? So – um, it's 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 going to be a process, but I anticipate at some point someone will separate themselves. I do I do think that they may give Cooper a chance to get a look at some, at least a couple of series, get him on film, um, see what he can do. Uh, I know they got some things schematically they want to clean up as well in in the offense, but someone will separate themselves because you know they were saying right if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you don't want you don't want to keep saying you got two all year. It's one of those points. It's in one of those situations where someone will separate themselves and and take the lead and be QB one. Coach, I'll see you on Saturday. Thank you. Appreciate you. That's see you. The, that's the coach, Arnold Martinez. Sports Center traffic right now here on the Sports Animals Traffic, brought to you by Revive Men's Health, your local low T experts. I remember when this song was really, really, really beaten to the ground by Top 40 Radio. I remember that. You couldn't go a couple of hours without hearing that song. Uh, It was like your anthem to the weekend, kind of, 
uh, just because it was so upbeat. And then as fast as it became so popular, it became as well really annoying because it was played so much. Thank you, Tanner, for bringing back those uh, those old FM music radio days of being a uh, music director for a hot AC station and remembering that song. Via Twitter, at uh, cool underscore noi noi. Terrific interview with Coach Martinez. Why is Coach Martinez not coaching? Uh, he is better as an analyst. Really great, Coach Martinez. God bless. Also says, I still don't care about Hawaii football, though. Come on. Coach Martinez isn't coaching because he just likes hanging out with us more. Uh, I'm convinced that that's why he's not coaching. Because he can. Uh, he's just He just likes hanging out with us. Talking ball. Uh, no, he's he's uh, he's outstanding part of our team, and uh, to get to work with him for uh, two out well two hours and fifteen minutes. If you actually know about two hours, about an hour forty five in the pregame and fifteen minutes during halftime to to get that time with him on Saturdays to uh, to just talk shop is uh, is one of my favorite things about the weekend. So uh, we're gonna try to do this more. I'm gonna talk with Coach and see if we can do this more. Uh, during the week, maybe once a week if he's available, and try to um, try to try to take some deep dives and um, you know have some good conversations. I know there was someone who wanted to ask him a question, but then <laughs> coach had an answer that was about seven minutes long, and the caller was like, oh, "I think I'm gonna go." But you know what? It was a good answer. It was um, and it was really in depth and it was really fascinating. And and you know, anytime that I can shut up and just listen is uh is all the better for the listener so uh i i enjoyed that that was uh that was certainly a lot of fun you can uh you can text us or zephyr insurance text line is at 808-296-1420 you can call us at 808-296-1420 and you can tweet us we are at sports animals uh you can tech uh you can get to me directly uh at Josh on the radio. Uh, my takeaway from from what I heard about Coach, uh, what I heard from Coach, is 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 simply that evaluation is is the key word, and and I and I think we kind of remember how much um, one game doesn't tell us everything, but it helps you to start. I, I guess the best way I would put it is. Um, it helps us tell the story um, and start the process of being able to understand everything. Like, you know, for a lot of the people that are, you know, as, as negative as I've heard or as as down as I've heard, negative is not the right word. Negative is maybe too much of a, of a downward term to use. Just, you know, a little bummed, uh, more than bummed. Um, I get it. But that's why I asked the question of Coach when when I asked that. I was I've been trying all day to figure out what's the best way to ask this question because I had several different iterations of it. Um, the worst way to ask that question would have been, "Do you learn more in your first game off of a loss rather than a win?" That's the worst way you'd ask it because honestly, you'd rather win at at all costs and and keep the learning process off of that. Uh, but you know, at the same time, I think it's it's very clear you can learn more through mistakes. 
than you can through um, you know a, a, a positive play here, positive drive here, positive defensive stop here, and you're almost kind of just forced into having to take that deeper dive. Like you go into that game and you think you know everything and you think you've got people in the right positions. You think you've got players doing the right things and knowing the right things. And then, you know, you you look back 60 minutes later and you realize, well, we didn't. And as as much homework as the staff does and do, uh, because there is a lot of prep work and a lot of homework done, um, sometimes it's just not enough and, and you or it's not the right prep work or homework. And you have to kind of go through that process and tweak that process all over again. And, and that's why a, a game like Saturday, like it or not, a game like Saturday, if handled correctly, and if the jobs of coaches and players alike are done right, you know, a, a, a game like Saturday could turn out to be a down-the-road blessing. Maybe not right away. Maybe not in a game. Maybe not in two games. Maybe as you get into conference play. Going through that maybe gets you to tweak and, and, and figure out again or refigure out, all right, how do we put ourselves in the position to be successful? Those are all the things that are um, that are incredibly important. And then I think the other reminder you have on it, and, and I think we saw it with, with Coach, you're also reminded that this coaching staff is still trying to figure out on its own, in its own way, in its own style, the best ways to prepare its team for success. You think back to um, you know what they did with uh, with the open fall practices, where you had those two practices, those split practices, and then that changed um, the way they did the scrimmages. And I know someone called yesterday and kind of complained about that. Uh, and we had someone text in after that and said, "Oh, there are more than thirty plays in the scrimmages." And I remember one that was definitely a lot more than thirty plays. I remember that. Um, you know, I. This is a coaching staff that still has all of that work to figure out. And you don't expect a first-time coaching staff to get it right right away. And you also don't expect a, uh, a veteran coaching staff to get it right with new players right away in a new environment, etc. Veteran or rookie, coaches don't get it right all the time. Game one, practice session one. And I and I think that's been made pretty apparent that some of that is still kind of a work in progress. This season, I, I think people have to be very clear and understand this season is going to somewhat be a work in progress kind of year. Whether you like it or not, whether it might be painful at times, it is that kind of year. Not when you have turn, you know, when you have a turnaround of over fifty people. That's a, that's a near given.
the way you're going to judge this team by the time we get to December. Um, wins, yeah, we always judge on wins. It's what we do. But the other way you're going to judge this team from now until December, at the very worst after the San Jose State game, at best after a bowl, is how much growth this team made from uh, from Saturday all the way till that San, San Jose State game. That's how we're going to judge this team at the end of the day. Not by where it sits in the standings. Not by, um, I don't think we're even going to judge this team by whether it makes a bowl or not, even though that is obviously the goal. The, the, the judgment really is going to be about where this team picked itself up and grew from what happened on Saturday and how far that growing took to the end of the year. Time for our M. Dyer Global scoreboard, which is brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Watching a a, a compelling match right now at Arthur Ashe Stadium. It is uh, still the opening couple of days of the U.S. Open in New York. Naomi Osaka, former U.S. Open champion, uh, taking on 19th-ranked Daniel Collins, or 19th-seeded Daniel Collins uh, out of the USA. It is in a first-set tiebreak. Uh, and Collins is up in that first set tiebreak, uh, 3-2. So that that's going to get past the midnight hour in New York, and that is going to be uh, a lot of fun to continue to watch as that match goes along. Uh, Serena Williams, by the way, back on the court tomorrow. Uh, games in progress in Major League Baseball. Aaron Judge has hit a home run tonight, his 51st of the year. Yankees have a 7-3 lead on the Los Angeles Angels in the top of the seventh inning. Top of the sixth in San Francisco, Giants trailing the San Diego Padres one to nothing, and we checked, lights work today. Uh, that's on our sister station, CBS 1500. Uh, other game in progress, Arizona leading the Philadelphia Phillies nine to nothing, top six. Notable games gone final today include the uh, Toronto Blue Jays defeating the Chicago Cubs five to three. Dodgers earn win number 90 on the season. LA is 90 and 38 on the year, a four three win in New York against the Mets. Uh, Colorado 3, Atlanta 2. Houston over Texas 4-2. Royals over the White Sox 9-7. Chicago was without manager Tony La Russa, who had to undergo some sort of a medical procedure. Chicago did not go into detail on what that procedure was, but said they would likely have an update before tomorrow's game. Uh, the White Sox are now three games under 500. And uh, Pittsburgh in Milwaukee defeats the Brewers by the final score of 4-2. to two. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. Traffic, final thoughts, and more coming up. This is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Oh, where do we dig this out of? I, I, I knew there was a vault somewhere. I mean, did we go down to like the fifth vault? Did we have to go to like three hard drives down for this one? Where, where did this come from? Uh, it's the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. By the way, uh, should follow up on uh, what we put up on our uh, or my Twitter yesterday. 
at Sports Animal, at Josh on the radio. Should all of our rejoined songs on Friday be Doobie Brothers songs? Uh, because we just randomly thought about that at the end of the show. And we got a day left on this poll, but so far, 89% of you say yes. Friday should be Doobie Brothers songs. I don't think I need to wait another day. Um, 89% saying yes seems pretty overwhelming, and I don't really know that there are going to be a lot of people that will uh, knock that down in the next 24 hours. So uh, I think let's just call it. Let's just call it. Friday will be Doobie Friday. Uh, for the Doobie Bradas, that's not going to go over well. Um, let's just stick with the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get some requests in on that. What Doobie Brothers songs should we throw into the rotation for Friday? And maybe, I mean, as long as, uh, as, as we continue to, to host this show on the interim, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we make Friday's theme days. So this Friday, obviously, is, uh, is Doobie Brothers Fridays. What are you saying here? Uh, okay. Just just say it on the microphone, Tanner. What, Maybe we could do some Earth, Wind, and Fridays. Fire days. Earth, Wind, and Fire. I can tell you're laughing on the inside, so that just makes me feel good. So it's all good. You don't need to show it on the radio. You know, it's all good. I know that you're laughing, and that was a great joke. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, the effort, great. Um, and the execution of that one line, though, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it could work. Earth, wind, and Earth, wind, and Fridays it may not be bad. See, that's the execution. You got to put the the excitement, and it has to just roll. Um, Earth, wind, and Fridays just make it just snap. You, you you tried the, um, the 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 subtle pause for dramatic effect. You tried it, and in that one moment, it was like, oh, that's it. It, it works most of the time. That time, it just it didn't bring the excitement that Earth, Wind, and Fridays deserves, because that's Earth, Wind, and Fire is awesome. Um, and much like uh, much like Saturday, my execution was not there. But we do know that the effort was there. Effort's always there, folks. Effort is always there. Tanner brings a brings an eleven uh, every day. He is, um, you know, Rich Hill would be proud of the effort Tanner brings to the ballpark every time he's out there. It is one hundred percent. His his uh, breath techniques are solid. Um, you know, his his posture perfect. You know, he puts the work in. I'll put a B right plus question. on posture. <laughs> I'm look. I'm channeling all 52 pregame interviews I did with Rich Hill over the course of the year, talking about pitchers and their breath work. It wasn't breath techniques; it was breath work and uh, uh, and pacing. Pacing is important. All of that. Just uh, just channeling all of that to show you the kind of effort that uh, that Tanner puts in. Uh, today was cut day. We got a lot of trades today in the National Football League. Um, good and bad. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of University of Hawaii football players did not make it today. 
Uh, Trayvon Henderson, Cortez Davis were uh, were both amongst those that uh, did not make it through cut day today. Um, and that's tough. Trayvon spent a little while uh, with the uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, I mean, I still remember his one regular season game. Was it last week or not last week? Uh, last year, uh, he spent a little while and, and you know, there was a there was a piece done by the Cincinnati Inquirer where they were talking about how, um, you know, he, he was considered an unsung member of that team stepping into the spotlight, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, he got an opportunity. Remember, it was, it was, um, it was week 18, wasn't it, last year? Yeah, it was, it was week 18. The, uh, the, the preseason game, this was Zach Taylor after the preseason game on Saturday talking about not only Trayvon Henderson, who they said was the most productive player on the defense, and um, Trenton Irvin, who was the most productive player on the offense. This is the quote from Zach Taylor. Quote, they're good glue guys in this locker room that work their tails off and are here a lot. You always see those guys in the locker room, in the gym. It's important to them, and you like being around guys like that. Close quote. Man, that wasn't even good enough for Trayvon Henderson to stay on the team three days after being called one of uh, one of the important glue guys on the squad. That oh, that that hurts. Um, Cortez Davis obviously was the uh, was the other one. He was signed earlier this month by the Arizona Cardinals, but that was a. Uh, um, that was an area where they had a lot at that position. He was he was signed to the secondary, and the secondary was pretty deep in Arizona. And and obviously, um, he just could not could not win out on that. I think with Trayvon Henderson, um, I I look forward to seeing him on a, on on the field with another team. And I, I I really believe not just being a practice squad guy that gets bumped up for a game or two. I think he's got a real opportunity in this league. And I think the Bengals really really made a mistake in uh, in cutting him. Braden Fehoko, great news for him. Uh, he made the 53-man roster. And uh, if you get a chance, we don't have time to, to play a portion of it today. But um, he was emotional in, uh, in his press conference with the media after uh, finding out that he was going to make the team. Uh, the the Farrington alum uh, really earned, and, and that was that was not an easy opportunity for him to win either. Um, so that was that was big for him, and uh, you'll see him uh, on an NFL Sunday here in a couple of weeks. Hey, uh, don't forget, we are going to see you at Big City Diner YPO coming up on September 10th. Arnold Martinez and I and our team, uh, part of the Countdown to Kickoff broadcast, will be there. When Hawaii visits Michigan, we'll be at Big City Diner in Waipio with Big City Diner meals and poo-poo and tiny 25-ounce Modelo Especial drafts for $7 and prize giveaways as well. Thank you to Paradise Beverages, Modelo Especial, Diotani Produce, and Coca-Cola. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the, uh, the rest of your Tuesday. Uh, coming up next, it is an encore episode of the Sports Cards and Collectibles radio show. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.